Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Well, good morning. Did you have a good time yesterday? Did you all really cook out and eat anything? Or are you fasting? (laughs) I hope you're eating and not fasting. Today, I want to share some things with you before we receive communion. And I really think it's a tremendous thing. I don't know whether it's going to affect you like it affected me when I was getting the information uh, from, from God. But, it, but the title of, of the message is, Do You Really, Really Now Want to Know God's Plan for Your Life? Do you really want to know God's plan for your life? Oh, you say, well, I know God's plan for my life. You know, I'm walking in it. You know, he can take me home at any time. I have accomplished his purposes. Well, I can't say that. But I did, and I have asked questions, and I'm sure you probably have asked, asked that question too, uh, is that you say, well, or you made a statement. Uh, you, you probably said, I don't want to leave this earth without accomplishing God's plan for my life. Have you ever said that? Yeah. I've said that before. I, I don't want to leave this earth without accomplishing God's plan for my life. And I've said another thing before. I said, I don't want to stand before God on that day and have him say anything else to me except, well done, my good and faithful servant. I I, I want to hear those words. I want to hear them. Well, today we're going to take a probably giant step in probably... uh, hearing those words and accomplishing that plan. Now, this really is a series, but I'm only going to teach one message on it at this particular time, maybe next um, next year I'll do a series because it, it, it's, really, it's really a great series because there's many people, particularly young people, many people don't know God's plan their life. And they want to know it. They want to know what's God's plan for my life. A lot of people, they, they, they already are walking in God's plan for their life. At least they, they act like they are. But I want to know God's plan for my life. Well, I know he has a general plan that for us to obey him and, and read his word and all those type of things. But I want to know what he has for me. What, what am I going to be doing in this kingdom, in this world, that is going to make a difference. I know I'm supposed to say so. I know, I know all those type of things. I know I'm supposed to, you know, not uh, say things uh, that I shouldn't say. But what is his perfect plan for my life? Am, am I going to be an evangelist? Am I going to be a... Uh, who, who, what, what is it going to make a difference that I ever lived here on this earth? Is it going to make a difference, really? Or is it just something that I was here and I died and nothing else came of my life, really? Oh, I've raised children, you know, things like that, but it was nothing important. Now, raising children are important, uh, but they, they're not, they, they, they might not be uh, the evangelist or, or the, you know, the pastor, the prophet. They might not be that either. I want to know what God has for me. Well, let's start off a little bit in achieving that. Let's look at Second Chronicles. Let's go there. Let's go to Second Chronicles. 
this is this is just one of the many plans that I believe God has for all of our lives, really. You know. Second Chronicles chapter sixteen, verses one through nine, and I'm I'm not gonna read all of it, probably I'll just talk about some of them. Now this is happens in a in the thirty sixth year of King Asa, he reigned and Basha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and fortified Ramah in order to prevent anyone from going out or coming in. And Asa the king of Judah. Then Asa brought out silver and gold from the treasurer of the house of the Lord and the king's house and sent them to Benadad, king of Aram, who lived in Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me as between my father and your father. Behold, I have sent you silver and gold. Go, break your treaty with Basha, king of Israel, so that he will withdraw from me. So here we have the king of Judah. We have, uh, he's supposed to be a good guy. And the king of Israel is supposed to be a bad guy. And so the king of Israel comes against the king of Judah. And the king of Judah said, I know what I'll do. I got a great idea. I'm going to take silk and gold out of, out of my house and, and out of the treasure of the, of, of, of the temple, and I'm going to give them to Benadad. Now, Benadad is the king of Syria. And he knows that Benadad is a pretty tough dude. And he said, well, I'm going to get him to help me in this thing. So he did. King Benadad, he, he he, he did. And let's go down to verse 7. At that time, Hananiah, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him. And this is after Asa is jumping with joy. And if he could do somersaults, he'd probably been doing them. And he's just as, just as happy. He said, that idea I had, that was a great idea. Wow, it worked. Man, I couldn't believe that. That must have been the Holy Spirit or something. I, I, you know, I, I tell you, this is, this is great, man. And we, we took all the temper and stuff that he was using to fortify the scissors, and we used it, and we built it. Man, this is really cool. This is really cool. So here comes the seer. And uh, you probably know the times is that when the prophet comes, people will know, oh, what's the prophet coming for? Is it, does he have good news? Does he have bad news? What is it? What, what's the prophet coming for? And so Hanani comes and he says to him, because you have relied on the king of Aram and have not relied on the Lord your God. Now, that's one part of what what the seer said. What what do you think? Was it such a good idea? He thought it was. He thought it was a great idea. Have we ever thought about something being a great idea and it turned out to be Oh, that, that was not so good. I shouldn't have said that, what I said to that person. I thought it was a good idea to tell them just like, like it is and what I think. Uh, because you, you do want to be honest, don't you? You want to tell somebody 
honestly, you don't want to, you don't want to say, hey, that dress looks really good, you know, and lie about it, do you? You want to tell it like it is. That's an ugly dress. Don't you? Now, if you were a prophet, you probably would maybe say something like that, but I don't think a prophet would be that crazy to say something like that to a lady. Say. Uh, so this is the first part. He says that what you did was not good. What did he not? What What did he do that he shouldn't have done? He relied on someone greater than him to come and help him. That's what he did. Now all along, he has a God, a King, a a rock and a sure place. He has. Jehovah, he had, what more can you want than to have God Almighty on your side? Can you want anything else? I mean, we might want something, but what does he not have? And what can he not do? There's nothing that he doesn't have. There's nothing that he can't do. And so the prophet tells him. Then he says that, Therefore, in other words, because you did not rely on the Lord. Therefore, the army of the king of Aram. Now, the king of Aram was the person who helped him. Is that correct? This is a great big king with a vast territory, armies and all like that. Asa sent to, for him for help, and he helped him. And he says that, therefore, the army of the king of Aram has escaped out of your hand. Now, when, when did the army escape out of Asa's hand? When did he? Is it recorded? No, it's not recorded. See, a lot of things, plans that God has for us, for you, for all of us, a lot of the time, the plans he has for us, we don't know them yet. We don't know them. He hasn't told us. But God always has something good for you. Isn't that right? He's a good God. He always has something good for you. And God had planned to give the army of Aram and the king of Aram into Asa's hand in the future. And whenever you, God's going to give you into their hands, that means you're going to take over their territory. They're going to be, you know, uh, subject to you. God had all this plan, and here is Asa not realizing this plan. If he would have known the plan, he wouldn't have called upon him. Right? If, the, if Satan and all his demonic forces would have known the plan God had for Jesus, they would never have what? Crucified the Lord of glory, would they? But they, they didn't know. He didn't know. He didn't know. Nor did Asa. Are there things that we don't know? Or do we know everything? We know everything God has for us from the beginning to the end. We know what he's going to do next year. We know what he's going to do ten years from now. We know what he's going to do five minutes from now. We know everything because we have the mind of Christ. That's what the Word says, isn't it? Where is it? We have the mind of Christ. So, do we know? Do you know everything that God has for you? No. No, we don't. We don't ever know everything. We're going to have to trust that God has a plan for us, and it's a good plan, and he's going to reveal that plan when he feels and he knows the time is right to reveal it to you. So in the meantime, we have to rely on the God of God and the King of Kings. 
then the prophet says, there's two things he already said. He's already said that, oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, you relied on the king of Aram, and you should have been relying on the Lord. That's one thing. And then another thing is that God had plans to give this great king over into your hands, but you messed it up. That's what you did. Because you want to take matters into your own hands, and, and you want to do your thing because you couldn't wait for God. You couldn't wait for him to deliver you from, from uh, the king of the king of Israel, you couldn't wait for that. You want to do your thing because you had such a great idea that you thought it was, was really good. Then the, the prophet says in verse 8, he says, Were not the Ethiopians, Ethiopians and the Lubans and Emmits army were very many chariots and horses. Were they not? Were they not? See, we know that, don't we? Because we know that in the past, Asa depended on the Lord, and the Lord delivered the Ethiopians and the Lubans, delivered them into Asa's hand. That was when Asa was humble. That was when Asa really felt like, man, I'm, I'm sold out to God. I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to call upon him. I want to rely on him. I don't want to rely on myself. I want to, I want to just hum myself before him and cry out, God, help me. Help me, God. I depend upon nobody but you, Lord. You see this vast army, Lord. You hear what they're talking about, Lord. You, you know they're going to try to, try to come out and, and destroy your people, Lord. Help, Lord. Help me, Lord. See, that was when he was humble. That was when he was humble. But see, sometimes success will spoil a person and, and make them uh, proud. You know, thinking, hey, I can do this. I can do this. God's given me victory all over. I know what to do. I know what to do. He's going to continue to give me victory. I know exactly what to do. He's delivered me, and he's going to continue to deliver me. I don't want to bother him with a little old thing like, like that. I can, I can call upon somebody stronger than me, help me, and God doesn't have to, have to waste his time because he, he has other things to do. No. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. We got to know that has God ever delivered you? Has he ever done anything good to you or for you? Yes, he has. Has he shown himself strong on our behalf? Has he not saved our soul when you can't save it yourself? Right? He died for us. And that's what the prophet is saying. The prophet is saying, we're not the Ethiopians and the Lubans. Weren't they an immense army? Immense. Very many chariots and horses. You didn't have a chance, but I delivered you because you relied on the Lord. That's why he delivered you. Keep those three things in mind. Then this verse here, verse 8, all of you probably have, have memorized. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro. Can you just picture God in heaven? He's looking. He's looking. He's looking. And then, you know, he says, What does that mean? Some of your parents know what it means when you, your children, your child is doing something. You just look at them. Right? I see you. You better cut it out. But see, it's a good thing too because God 
saith to you. Right? I see you. I see you do good works. You're doing good. You're doing good. I see you. He says his eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is fully committed to him. I'm memorizing out of this. Out of King James. But, but it says, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro through the, throughout the whole earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. Completely his. So he tells Asa, you have acted foolishly in this. Indeed, from now on, you will surely have wars. Now think about that. Just think about that. I wonder what would happen. How that would have happened if he would have relied on the Lord. We know one thing would have happened. He would have defeated the king of Israel. We know that. And number two, we know that he would would have gotten the king of Aram turned over to him by the Lord. Then he knows another thing that is just said here, that he wouldn't have had wars from now on, whereas now he's going to surely have wars. Because God can make sure you don't have wars. Right? We know a king who didn't have any wars. We know David, he, he had wars, right? But his son, who took over the throne, what was his name? I didn't hear that. Okay, yeah. Solomon. Solomon didn't have, well, so- Solomon, he, he, he was smart, wasn't he? he? He said, well, you know what? I know I'm not supposed to multiply horses. I know I'm not supposed to multiply women and have all these foreign women. I know that, you know, uh, God has given me more wisdom than any king before me. I know those things. I'm the wisest king that has ever been. So I'm not going to withhold anything from my eyes or any good thing. So he multiplies horses. He multiplies women. And how, many, how many wives did he have? Yeah. Now he, we know he had, had a thousand wives and concubines. I think it was about seven hundred wives. All of them were princes. See, Solomon said, I'm, I'm not going to have any wars because I'm going to marry everybody who can come against me. I'm going to marry their daughter. And therefore, hey, we're, we're one family. It, you know, the, the scripture doesn't say that, but you know that Solomon is smart enough since he had all the wisdom to know that if I marry your daughter, king over there, you're not going to come against me because I'm your son-in-law. Uh, but was that a wise thing for Solomon to do? Even though he was a wise king, was that, was that the wise thing for, for him to do? When God so said, no, 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 you don't marry all these. No, 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 you don't marry these. No, 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 no. So we don't think of those things, but that's what it's saying here. Let's go down to verse 12. Verse 12 says, In the 39th year of his reign, now, now how many years has passed now? You, mean, you remember it started off in verse 1, uh, and it said that, that in the 36th year of Asa, Asa's reign, okay, so 36, and now is 30 what? Nine. So how many years has passed now? Huh? Okay, three years have passed. Okay. And in the meantime, Asa not only has done, done foolish, foolishly, but 
he has a problem. More than just what he's already done. But what I didn't read is that he gets mad at the seer. He gets mad at the problem. How dare you say that? How dare you say that? I am the king. And you going to say that? Put him in prison. So he put the seer in prison. Put him in jail. Put him in jail. And not only did he do that, but he also started messing with the people and doing them wrong. His subjects, the people. He's supposed to be king over. He starts messing with them. See, somewhere along the line, Asa, somebody must have told him that he was good, that he was nice, that nobody could touch you. And have you known people to get all bent out of shape and all wrong because somebody gave them some compliments that really they didn't deserve? They feed them what they want to hear. Oh, you're so good. Oh, you're a great teacher. Pastor, I tell you. Oh, I missed you, you know, when you were out. Oh. You you can imagine. You, you, we've had so many people. This is the 32nd year of this administration. Uh, one, no, two, 10, 20, 22nd year of this administration. 22nd year. And I've heard so many people come through those doors and other doors that when we're in other buildings and say, I, I have not seen such a great church. This is, oh, it's a great church. Oh, it's a great church. Man, I, I love this church. Next year, year after that, no, no long, they're gone. They're gone. I used to tell, I used to tell Jack, uh, and Jack probably remember this, I used to tell him, say, hey, man, we got a, a new person here, man. Uh, man they, 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 they have gifts, they have this. And Jack just said two words. We'll see. Because he's been around, too. <laughs> he's been around, too. Oh, my goodness gracious. Sometimes people can feed you wrong information, and you think you're something, and you're nothing. God says that, doesn't he, in his word. Now, <clears throat> this is very interesting to me, because God's will for our lives is that we rely totally on him. That's what his plan is. His plan is to do us good. His plan is to uh, really cause people to stand up and look and say, wow, my goodness gracious, those Christians, my, 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 don't mess with them. Don't mess with them because God is on their side. That's what he wants because he wants to be glorified. He don't want, want us to get in the glory. He wants to get all the glory. And, and we can give him the glory if we depend totally on him and rely on him and not on man. That was the introduction. <laughs> Let's look at a, another situation that I thought was very interesting. And, I mean, this, this situation was something, I said, oh, my goodness gracious. I don't want to tell the congregation this because I don't want them mad at anyone. I really don't. So, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Because if God says something to you, to us, we want to hear it, don't we? Don't we? Yeah. Yeah. The only way you'll know that is the scripture. That's the only way you'll know. Not because I said it, but because the word of God said it. So that's one plan. It wasn't the introduction. That was one plan. The plan was that we need to do everything that God asks us to do. We need to totally rely on him. If something uh, not so good happens, rely on him. That's what he wants. And I... I I had a scripture that 
It was so cool. And I want to, I want to read, you, read it to you. Um, Jeremiah. Let's go to Jeremiah 13. Let's go there. Starting verse 5. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind. Was this woman? Was it a man? Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength and whose Heart turns away from the Lord. He doesn't want our heart turned away from him, does he? No. For he will be like a bush in the desert and will not see when prosperity comes, but will live in stony places in the wilderness. A land of salt without inhabitants. Blessed, verse 7, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by the streams and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green, and it will not be anxious. Will not be anxious in a year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. So that sums up basically what. We're saying um, the Lord has given us a choice, isn't he? Through Jeremiah. He says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind. That's what he says. Okay, let's go to the last one. I wanted to uh, go through. Another plan that God has for us. Another plan is to walk in all that he has promised us. That's what God wants us to do. Walk in all that he has promised us. He, doesn't, he, doesn't, he didn't give us the promises just to give us promises. He gave us promises so that we can uh, be protectors of his divine nature. That's what the scripture says. So that's what he wants. In Psalm 8 and 4, let's look there, verse 11 and 12. It says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Do you believe it? He says, No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly? Now, what does no mean, you think, in, in, in uh, Hebrew? What, what do we think no mean? Right. That's right. Well, y'all are scholars. That's right. So that means any, any good thing that you can think of that you know is God's will, any good thing, it says, he will not hold it. He will not withhold it from you. And we already know, but you want, he wants you to depend on who? Him. Depend upon me. Don't depend on some man. Depend upon me. Now, if he wants to send us to a man, send us to a woman, if he wants to do that, he can do that. He can lead us in a way he wants to lead us. But he says, your dependency has to be on, on, on me. And he knows our heart. See, we can say, oh, I depend totally on the Lord. Oh, he's my shield. He's my refuge. He's my fortune. We can say all those good things. But yet, 
we don't do them. But we think we are. But we don't. But we don't. God doesn't want us dependent upon the doctors. Oh, I don't believe that. I believe he gave us doctors and he wants us to depend upon them. I say no. Why do I say no? Because it's written. It's written. You say, oh, no, now you're done. Now you're gone. Now you're gone. Way off now. Now you're giving us what you think. Well, that's not true. I'm not giving you what I, what I think. If, you, if we could go back to it, we can go back to it, but I'm not going back to it. I'll just tell you what it says. Now, <clears throat> you remember Asa? Okay. Asa died. Uh, uh, we, we know it was about uh, six years later. Uh, he did something he shouldn't have done. Then two years later, he died. But this is what happened. God says there, you can read it when you get home. He says, Asa got disease in his feet. And his disease was very great. Yet, in this greatness of this disease of his feet, he did not seek the Lord. But he sought the physicians only. That's what he said. Now do you believe my, or do we need to turn, turn to it? Huh? You want to turn to it or you want, do you believe me? Uh, I think the COVID-18 must have got y'all tongue. Uh-huh. You, you know I'm not going to stand here and tell you a lie. You know that. And you know that if I said you said it, you said it. Okay? And, and some of you have already read it. Do you believe it? Do you believe that Asa did that? Do you believe he had gotten so proud and so arrogant and so dependent upon man that he got disease in his feet and the disease was very great, yet he did not seek the Lord but the physicians only? Now that tells me that God was not pleased. He was not pleased because, not because he sought the physicians. He was displeased because he sought the physicians only. Only. I believe that what God wants is for us to crowd to him first. He is first. Is that right? We don't pay tithes last. What's left over, do we? And say, oh, God's a great God. He's king. Oh, he has all that. Oh, he has my whole life. He has all I have except my money. We don't say that, do we? So, so we know that God is first, so that's why we pay tithes. It's the first fruit. Okay, we, we, we do that. But he wants us to seek him first. Because you remember another king? Uh, I think it's Hezekiah. You remember what he did? You don't remember what he did. Okay. I can tell. You don't remember what he did. But believe me, go back and read some of these accounts where God does some things. And Hezekiah, he, he was, he was, uh, got to a point where he was, and God told him, hey, go set your house in order. You're going to die. You're going to die. What did what, what, he do? Y'all remember? Some of you who read it recently? What he did, he cried. He wept before the Lord. Cried out to the Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me. And God has sent the prophet to tell him, Get your house in order because you're going to die. 
Then, once he humbled himself, tell me now. He sent the prophet back. Help, tell, tell him he going I'll give him 15 more years. Y'all remember that? I'll give him 15 more years. God can do anything he wants to do. He said, hey, put, tell him to put some figs on, the, on, the, on his board. He said, figs are for eating. They're not for putting on board. God does what he wants to do. So I'm telling you, this is, this is good stuff. Now, let me end up with this lady who's very, very good. This is what I wanted to get to but didn't want to get to. Um, is that Hannah, uh, Samuel, this is in 1 Samuel. Uh, let's go to 1 Samuel. In First Samuel, we know that we'll go to chapter one. Uh, we we know that this lady, uh, Elkanah, 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 he was he had two wives. One was named Hannah, and and the other one was named uh, Peninnah. Peninnah had children, and Hannah didn't. You know, and the sad thing is, the reason I didn't want to really tell you, the sad thing is that sometimes when things happen to you, it's not your fault. See, I didn't want to say that because uh, I didn't want to say men sometimes it's our fault. I, I didn't want to say that because I want the men always to be encouraged. Because you need to be encouraged. But the women need to be encouraged too, don't they? And so he had two wives. And he loved one of them. He loved Hannah. It didn't say he didn't love Finnina. He didn't say that. He just said he loved Hannah. Yeah. And it's, it's very interesting Because, let's look at verse 5. But to Hannah, he will give a double portion. See, he will give Penah, he will give her what she was due. He will give her children what he was due. Both of them was his wife now. But he will give Hannah a what portion? A double portion. For he loved Hannah. But the Lord had closed her womb. Wow. 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 Do do y'all remember another story like that? That the Lord uh, closed her womb. Y'all remember that? Uh, it was um, a man who, you know, they, yeah, um, he he had um, a wife that didn't have children, and this was a time where he didn't. Give children to his wife. He didn't give give her children. That's sad. But we men sometimes can cause that by favoring a wife over another wife. Not in this day and time, but in the past. And that that can happen. You remember what happened with one of our, you know, um, Abraham, Isaac, and who was the rest of the other one? Jacob. Jacob had two wives, didn't he? One was named Rachel, 
and one was named Leah. And Rachel, he had closed Rachel's womb. God had closed. Why did God close Rachel's womb, you think? Because Jacob favored her. He loved Rachel. That's who he wanted anyway. But uh, uh, the father played tricks on him and, and gave him Leah. So, but he didn't love Leah. See, God wants people treated right. He wants to people treated right. And so that's why he closed. That's what the scripture says. He closed Rachel's womb. And he closed this womb of this young lady because he favored her. And do you think that that he told her, she told him, favor me, favor me. No, he just did. And so God is not pleased with favoritism. He really isn't. And sometimes, and see, she didn't do anything. It was him that favored her. It was Jacob who favored Rachel. And we have to remember that God is not a God of favoritism. He doesn't like favoritism. And so uh, we can cause problems on somebody else by favoring them. And uh, men, we don't have to be concerned about that this day and time because you're not going to have two wives. You know. But we still can favor one child over another one. We can favor, we can favor uh, somebody, but God's not pleased with favoritism. And so it was very interesting. But the good news is that you can overcome it. You can overcome it because Hannah did, didn't she? Hannah said, you know what? I'm going to pray, ask God to give me a, a, a man child, and I'll give it back to him all the days of his life. That's what she said. And God said, ooh, wow. Mm-hmm. Now, God already know that Eli was on his way out, didn't he? Because Eli wouldn't, wouldn't discipline his son. The two sons he had that was, that was taking the offerings and doing stuff with land with the women and all that kind of crazy stuff. And so he knows he on, on his way out. So, okay, I'll give, you a, I'll give you a son. And he did, didn't he? He had closed her wound now, but now he does what? Open it. She has a man child now. And she, after he's weaned, gives him to the Lord. And then, if we go to, uh, let's see, the verse that, that what, what God did, it was so cool. It was so cool. That it came about, and this is verse 20. It came about in due time. After Hannah, Hannah, Hannah had conceived that she gave birth to a son. Oh, that was cool. That was cool. Go to chapter 2. That was cool. First Samuel 2, chapter, chapter 2. Uh, let's... Um, what I want to do is go down. I don't want to go to one right yet. I don't want to go to one at all. But I do want to tell you what God did. Because um, verse 18, First Samuel 2, 18. When, when you do something like that, that's unusual, isn't it? Here's a woman who's been barren, no children, want to have children, no children, and here the other wife 
picks at her, mocks her, scorns her. Every time they go up to the Lord to offer, offer she's laughing at Hannah. She is picking on her. And Hannah said, please give me a, a child. So he does. Then in verse 18 it says, Now Samuel was ministering before the Lord as a boy, weaning uh, a linen, wearing a linen uh, ephod. Then it says that his mother used to bring him you know, a little coat and all that, that for him to wear from year to year. And in verse 20 it says, Then Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife. Which wife is it talking about? Hannah, that's right. And say, may the Lord give you children from his, from this woman in place of the one she dedicated to the Lord. And they went uh, on their way home. The Lord visited Hannah and she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters and the boy Samuel grew before the Lord. I thought it was so cool. When you, when you do something abnormal because it was that abnormal to have a child when you couldn't have one and then give them to the Lord all, all the rest of the days. But the Lord, you can't never give the Lord something that he doesn't give you back something because he is good. And, and Hannah didn't, she didn't do that just to say, I want to I, I, I give from the Lord, so I'm going to give him something. No, she wanted to bless him because she wanted a child. And if you give me a child to get this other woman off my back, because she's always teasing me, at least I have a child. I, have, I said, but I gave him to, to I give him to you, Lord. You can have him all the days of your life. Just give me a child so I can get off my back. He, she gives him a, a child. That's what the Lord does, give him a child. But the Lord turns around and gives her three sons and two daughters. That's, that's, so, that's so neat to me. It is so neat to me how God is. And so I want, want you to be encouraged that, that I don't care what your ancestors have done, what they didn't do. I don't care what kind of, you know, you say, well, we're, man, we're on a curse because my, my parents, they never did serve the Lord. My grandparents, they didn't serve the Lord. My great great grandchildren they didn't serve the Lord. And that's why, you know, that, that I'm not walking in a lot of things I'm, I could be walking in. Uh, this person over here that's walking in, in good things, they had a parent that was, that, that, that was walking in the Lord. They had a grandparent that, that, that was an uh, evangelist. They had another uh, great great grandparent that was a Pastor had they had all this good stuff background, and here I am. I don't have a big background. Don't you know God can undo any background, any curse, any anything that he that you that you have because of somebody else? God is a good God. He's a good God. So, be encouraged, women, uh, that you can. I don't care what is done to you, what has been done to you. You read the stories that I was telling you about today uh, because God wants you to hear that, that he loves you and regardless of what has been done or ha- hasn't been done, he can undo it. He really can. Let's receive communion. You have a, a elements that you got when you came in the door. Just like this. That goes for your children too. Because some of you have children that are not serving God. That doesn't mean they won't. It doesn't mean it's all over and said and done. Oh no. Oh no. Read and pray about today's message and see what what the Spirit of God will say to you.
from First Corinthians. I'm going to read a couple of verses. Paul. I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, that in the same night that he was betrayed, he took bread and he blessed it. And I want you to get your bread out and I will get mine out. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your body that was hung on the cross for our sins, Lord. Our sins. You never sinned, but you took our sins. We are so grateful for you doing that, Lord. And we said, bless you, Lord. Bless you. That because you died for our sins, we can now live with you forever. We thank you, Lord. Let's partake. After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is the new covenant of New Testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Father, we remember the price you paid, the blood you shed, Lord, on our behalf. We thank you, Father, that you restored us to right standing with our Father by the blood that you shed. We thank you for that blood, Lord. Let's protect. Let's close with one song. Let me speak the blessing over you first. Um, the Lord bless and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his counsel to you and give you peace. Let's close by singing. Oh, and, and by the way, if you happen to be listening and you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, then you ask him to come into your life. Come into your heart and save you. You'll never be the same. Never be the same. And you'll never be sorry because he wants to show the world that he cares for you. He wants every promise that he has put in his Bible to be yours as he leads and guides you into the ones that he has for you. Because all the promises of God are yes and amen. Oh, let's sing. Let's <coughs> sing this song if I could sing and I'll lead it. But since I can't sing, then uh, one of your singers out there, and I'm sure we have many singers, uh, men and women, everybody, uh, Tell Sam, uh, sing. <laughs> but uh, oh, the blood of Jesus! Oh, the blood of Jesus! Who wants to lead us in that? Thank you. I saw that hand. I saw that hand. Lord, why don't you turn around and look at me? And nobody, you know, there's nobody behind you. <laughs> uh, lead us, Lord. Thank you, sir. Blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It was.
Praise the Lord. Go in peace. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.